As you you probably discerned, I'm I'm trying to figure out what it is that made Am Yisrael. What was the kickstart? And we know that it wasn't Abraham and Yitzchak, but it was Yaakov. Abraham, because he set the bar too high. He was a man of emunah, of faith. And it was impossible to live with that standard. So what happened with Abraham was he had to put aside the children or the child or the children who were not able to achieve the desired state. They were not like Abraham. They were different, Yishmael, Hagar. They were not like Abraham. Yitzchak, as we know, certainly was a person who was willing to accept the standard. Yes, Yitzchak was an Olat Mima, a perfect, a perfect sacrifice. Uh, this idea of being perfect in your faith, that both Yitzchak and Abraham were at the same time in in the same mind. It it didn't bother Yitzchak in the least that a Baruch Hu had asked Abraham to do something unreasonable, something that seemed to contradict another statement made by Hashem to Abraham. It didn't bother Yitzchak in the slightest. For Yitzchak, oh, he, God said, I'm sacrificed, I'm sacrificed. It wasn't until Yaakov, and, and therefore the children of Yitzchak also, the ones who lived up to the standard, if it was Yaakov, if for whatever reason we say or we know that Yaakov lived up to the standard established by Abraham and continued by, continued by Yitzchak, and finally, Yaakov, Yaakov accepted the standard. He knew about it. He knew Talmud Torah. Okay, he did a few things that were a little bit questionable. Nevertheless, Yaakov was the one who rejected his brother. His brother, he could not let him in. He couldn't let Asaph in. And even though Asaph had a certain amount of power and was able to force Yaakov to run away, to leave his homeland and his home, in spite of that, Asaph was out and Yaakov was in and the children of Yaakov created, created Am Yisrael. Why was that? What was it that Yaakov had that Yitzchak didn't have, that Abraham didn't have? What was it in the world that Yaakov gave to us which enabled his family to remain his family? What was it? It seems to me, it seems to me that if we look at a little bit at the story that's told to us in Megillat Rut, in the uh, in the story of Ruth, we might find 
they might find an answer. Now, you know, when you read a story that has uh, a few different characters in it, like the story of Ruth, Ruth and Orpah, Boaz, but there are different people in the story, so we could try to trace the people in the story. We could try to trace how they act with each other, what each one of them represents. I mean, there are different ways of, of kind of reading a story. In this case, we want to find out about Ruth. What's the story? What's the story of Ruth? I mean, why did she? stay with her mother-in-law or ex-mother-in-law. I'm not sure I know what the correct terminology is. Why didn't she why didn't she stay? So let's look quickly. Ruth, Pericolip, you see it's on the sheet. There was a certain time the leadership was in the hands of judges. And there was a famine in the land. I believe heard about famines in the land. Abraham, there was a famine. And Yitzhak, there was a famine. There was a famine in the land meant something broke down. Some relationship, a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu broke down. What's supposed to happen? The famine meant that God was not taking care of us. That wasn't supposed to happen. But here you have a famine. Right, and the famine caused the story. So there was a family. A family, right? The family consisted of a man, his wife, and his two sons. Like, it doesn't matter. They were the family. There's nothing there about whether they're good people or bad people, whether they keep the Torah with fidelity, whether they are argumentative, nothing. There's nothing about what they, they have. They're a Jewish family. And the puzzle goes on and says, shame I each element. So that's how it is. Having been introduced to all these people, I guess we would like to know their names. So shame I each that's the man. His wife's name is Naomi. Naomi, a nice name. My oldest daughter. B'shem shnei banav machlon v'chilion efratim. So Chazal make a deal out of that machlon. Why would you call somebody your own children machlon v'chilion? We're talking about two sons-in-law, right? Efratim v'beit lechem yudah. They went, they left Eretz Israel. So they didn't act against the promise that HaKadosh Baruch had made to Avram Avinu. It's yours. It's okay. Avram Avinu didn't get a promise, but it's his right away. But we know that Sarah, his wife, died, and she had to be buried, and Avram took care of it. He buried her in a place in Hebron. All right. Pasuk Gimu. Vayamot Elimelech Ishnami Vatisher Hirishteva Neha. So, Nami is witnessing the breaking down or breaking up 
of the family. The father of the family dies. And then the, the, the Hebrew of the Apostle Gimel is You see that? She was left. She was left. In other words, she doesn't have that anchor anymore. She's not really part of a family. Right? He Baneha, he Naomi. And so they had to do something by Yisulem Nashim Moabiot. I mean, I'm not sure that this was the high point in the history of the family. The two sons married two Moabite women, one named Orpa and one named Brut. So they became a new family. They became a new family. If we talk about Naomi, she became the head of order. She became part of a new family. The new family had Ruth, had Orpa, the two sons. I mean, it was a family, a family again. So then there was another tragedy. Both of the husbands died. Machlon Vikilion and Nami again became without a family. Suddenly she didn't have a family because her sons-in-law married Moabite women. We wouldn't imagine that the Moabite women had a connection to Nami in the matter in the manner that the sons-in-law might have a connection to their mother-in-law, but this is different. So here, I I don't know exactly what her situation is. He Nami. But but Nami says that somehow they were together. Nami and her daughters-in-law. They were sort of like whatever trouble they had, they together. So Naomi made the only decision that she was probably capable of making. She was an elderly woman. She had no roots in Moab, although who knows, might have been I mean, the original decision that was made by Abimelech to go to by Elimelech to go to uh, to Moab might have meant that there was people in Moab that were close to the people in Eretz Yisrael. I mean, okay, I mean, that's a more complicated way. But here, the way the Pesach describes it, I think Naomi she did what she could do. She decided to go back to Eretz Yehuda. Eretz Yehuda was where she came from. 
right, the land of Yehuda, the land of Yehuda, which already had that designation. As you know, that there are a lot of hints that the land that was given to the ten tribes, divided up originally by Yoshua ben Nun, and given to the tribes in area what we call Eretz Israel, was already uh, fraught with um, dissent. At a, at a very early age, there was the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom. And if you look at the beginning of the book of Shoftim, the book of Shoftim states clearly that it's the book describing the history of the northern kingdom. The northern kingdom was always problematic. They were not able to drive out the idolatry as directed by the Torah, by Yoshua. And uh, whereas the southern kingdom, the, the, the kingdom of Judah, was able to live up to that standard and, and, and become implanted in the land. So here is Naomi coming from Yehuda, or her husband was from Yehuda, and she decides to go back to Eretz Yisrael. Naomi says, go home to her two daughters-in-law. They're not daughters-in-law anymore. Lechno Shovna, go uh, go on, go back to where you come from. Each of you, each of you women to the house of your mother. And she gives them a bracha. Now we don't know what's going on at this point. We don't know what's really going on. We don't know the complete story. We don't know why it is that Orpah left. We don't think about what we would like to know about Orpah because that would tell us something about Ruth. But we don't know about Orpah. You know, there are people who cry when anything exciting happens. So it wasn't that there was, it was sad or happy. I mean, it's hard to know, but they cried. They were crying. It was they, they didn't want to do what Naomi suggested. But they couldn't verbalize exactly what their argument was. That's what they cannot. They were crying. Crying prevents you from coherent speech. And sometimes that's a blessing. When you don't think you could say what you really mean, or you don't think you could speak words that describe the situation, then crying is a wonderful opportunity. Pasugyud. And finally they stop crying and they say, no, we want to go with you. Why they said that is beyond me. They were, after all, Moabite women. Well, why would they want to go with Naomi back to Yehuda? Okay, 
we don't know the situation, we don't know the background, we don't know the relationships with people in Judah and people in uh, in Moab. We don't know all of these things. We don't know Orpah. We know who she was. Pasuk Yud Aleph. Vatomen Naame. And Naame makes the final arguments. Shovna Benotai. Go back, my daughters. Ruth and Orpah. Lamate Lach Naimi. Aodli Banim Bemeyai Vayelechem Lanashim. What can I do? How can I help you? Nami says, after all, if I had, if I was young, if I could have children, if those children might marry you, although it seems unlikely. But to mean, all of those things, she's sort of like rambling away and saying, I, I don't know what you think. I don't know what you think will be the result of our, of, a, of you coming with me now. I mean, I can't really offer you anything because everything has to do with relationships. And there's no way for you to become a part of the family. There's no way, man. That's what she's actually saying to Ruta and Opa. You can't, I, I can't help you. I can't help you. And love they lach me. Can I, can I create a relationship for you? And therefore, you would be worth your while to come with me. And we're not talking about a world of romantic relationships. We're talking about a world of pragmatic relationships. Go back, go hold, go on the way back. She's talking about having children, which obviously we understand is not one of the options. She's not going to have children. Why does she keep talking about it? Why does she talk about having children and getting married? And I mean, she's she's a, a, a childless woman whose own children married Ruth and Orpa. Shovna Baratai, Pasuk Yud Bet. Shovna Baratai, Lech Laki Zakat Viot Leish Kiavati Yeshli Tikva. Kamaite Laila Leish Kavilati Banim. If I had some way of making you part of the family of my family, so I begin to get an inkling. Nami is going back to something. She's going back to Yehuda, where she came from. She's going back to her husband's family. She's going back to her family. She's going back. I mean, in those days, it seems that things, you know, relationships and families were important. I don't know how it is today. Everything is different today. But in those days, so the the daughters-in-law, they say, we want to go with you. We have no reason to want to stay here, here meaning in Moab. And Nami tries to explain to them correctly that she doesn't have that kind of influence. She doesn't have that kind of wherewithal in the family. She She's not able to guarantee if they come with her that their position will be improved. 
That's what, that's, that's Naomi. I mean, let's assume she's being perfectly honest. Don't do this to me. Don't make me suffer more than I've already suffered. Don't make me feel that I that I have no way of helping you. But coming with me will just indicate to everybody that I have no way of helping you, no way of being with you, nothing I could do. But So all of a sudden, these two women who were clear, just one second. Okay. That's a good bet. So here we have one of the main teachings of the book of Ruth that somehow, which is similar to the parashiot that we learned about, the Shidduch of Yitzchak and the Shidduch of Yaakov, especially the Shidduch of Yaakov, that this is... uh, So here they come to a splitting of the way. Root and Orpa split. 
I'm not sure why they were able to come together to Naomi and make their claim. I'm not sure I understand why Orpah left. Orpah left because Naomi explained that she was unable to offer them a, a better life than the life they might have in Moab, since they were Moabite women. I mean, whatever the relationship with their dead husbands were, I mean, Hazal tried to deal with that. But I, I mean, we understand. We understand Arpa. She acted in a reasonable way. She acted in accordance with what she was taught to do by Naomi. The one who is not clear to us is Ruth. Don't force me to leave you. To go away from you. Turn my back to you. Okay. That sounds like poetry. Wherever you sleep, I will sleep. More poetry. What did she mean by that? What do you mean, Amechami? You mean Ruth is just going to... I mean, what did Ruth think? What was her idea? It says, even though you know me, you said you can't help me, but I know that you can help me. And the only precondition to the help that I'm, you're going to give me is that I should become part of the nation of Israel. Pasuk Yud Zayin Basher Tamuti Yamut where you die, I will die. That's where I will be buried. God will do that to me. He only death will split up the relationship between you and myself. So in other words, you've had already in the first chapter of Ruth a few relationships that are being split up. Nomi and Elimelech, Elimelech dies. Ruth and Orpah, their husbands die. Now Ruth and Orpah, and a new relationship emerged from all of this, and that's the relationship between Ruth and and uh, Naomi. Ruth and Naomi, they have a relationship. Naomi saw that she really wanted to go with her. And she stopped talking about it. She didn't try to convince her to stay away. And suddenly we understand Naomi is a, an important personality. She was hidden by her husband, Eli Melech. She was forced to go with him to the land of Moab. 
But now that she's back, everybody kind of is very happy about that. But they all call her here, they're all full of excitement. Oh, then she starts telling them the story of her life. And she says, I'm not Naomi. I mean, in the way that a name somehow reflects who you really are. I went, I was full, I had children, husband. Don't call me Naomi. I went. I went as a family and I came back as an individual. I went as a family. God has oppressed me. And this is the important line that we all are waiting for. It doesn't say you root. Not root, but Ruta Moavia. She had not lost her original identity. She is Ruta Moavia, and Ruta Moavia is not the same as Naomi. She's not one with Naomi. She's just going together, but they're two different worlds. Kalata, Ima, Ashava Miste Moav, Lehema Baobed Lechem. They came to Beit Lechem, so the story starts. Who came to Beit Lechem? Two women who really have nothing to do with each other. But for some reason, one of them, in this case Ruth, tied herself to the other one, to Naomi. Probably in the hope that something good would come of it, although we have no idea what good might come might come of it. So, with your permission, I mean, uh, you have to learn the rest of the book of uh, the rest of uh, you have to learn the rest of the book of uh, Ruth. We're interested in the description of the aftermath. We meet other people, right? We meet other people, Boaz, Boaz. Somehow he's an important person in the story. Boaz Allah Shar, Vayeshim Sham, El. He's the Redeemer. Avar Sherdiber Boaz Agoel Over Asherdiber Boaz Bayomasur Shabaploni Almoni Bayosavayev then there's somebody named Ploni Almoni who's actually going to affect the transfer of property, some way of including root in the family. He took 10 people. 10 people. Well, we know 10 is an important number. And he collected them. I mean, he was kind of a big shot. Boaz, you know, he wanted 10 people, so they collected. 
ויקח עשרה אנשים מזגני העיר וישבו פה וישב. Just wait for the situation, ויאמר לגואל. And he said to the Redeemer, I mean, this redeeming is not something which is perfectly clear to us, but in some way it's going to happen, that there's going to be redemption of the land of Elimelech, and then somehow Ruth will also be involved. אז נחה לאמור כנאי נא היושבים ונגד זקני עמים תגל גואל אם לא יגל הגיד עלי ואדע ואדע שאין זולתך לגאול ואנוכי אחריך ויאמר אנוכי יגל. In other words, it, again, Boaz seems to have secondary rights and privileges. He can't be the primary Goel, but if the primary Goel, the Redeemer, decides to waive his priority rights, then Boaz will be able to uh, to step in. Uh, we have to skip a few psukim, uh, how this all, all happened. Since when... Then Boaz says, you see Pasuk Yud, but And I'll start from Pasuk Tet. Pasuk Tet. Vayomer Boaz, laskenim, v'chol ha'am edim. He said to the skenim, the people that he appointed as a kind of a big din, v'chol ha'am edim, atem ayom, you're all witnesses, I have bought everything that belonged once to Elimelech. I have redeemed it all and taken it away from the house of Machlon and Chilion. Machlon and Chilion were not Jewish. And taken it back from Naomi. And also Ruth, the Moabite. She is going to be my wife. So this is something very similar to what we call Yibum, but it's not Yibum, it's something else. Okay, uh, okay, so, but but somehow Boaz is assuming property rights and the right over the, or the property of, of Naomi, who inherited it from Elimelech, and in some manner or other, Pasuk uh, Yud. I have also adopted Ruta Moavia Rut Lakim Sheva Mate Al Nachalato, Veloikarate Sheva Mate Me Im Echavo Mishar Mikomo. So we've gone this whole long way 
He got his whole walkway to get to Pasuk Yudalit. Right? We, all of this way, So this was done in public. And the people who were standing around who kind of are going to authorize this transfer. Asher Bashar, they're all in the gate around the city. And you know, that's where the business was done. The gate around the city is the place of business and 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 deals. And things were validated. Okay? They said the following bracha, which I think was probably a traditional bracha. They said that what really happened, what was the big deal? Okay, there was movement of property from one person to another. There was movement of money from one person to another. But what really happened? They should be like Rachel Vileya. There was once you, like in order to get in, in order to be part of, in order to be part of the the nation of Israel, which is what Ruth wanted and what Boaz was giving her. You know, in order to be part of the, the we give her this bracha. We say she should be. She should be like Rachel Uleya Asherbanu Shtehem et Beit Yisrael. That's why we say, we don't say she should be like Naomi or she should be like any great Jewish woman who died, but she should be like Rachel Vileya. What was Rachel Vileya? What, what did they, what did they represent Rachel Vileya? They represented that great disagreement could be resolved. That even though they disagreed with each other formatively, they could live with each other. And that was the necessary prerequisite for getting into Am Yisrael and being part of, part of, of Am Yisrael. He says, they, the two of them, the bracha is that it should be like Rachel Belaya. Not that you should have children, but you want to be part of Am Yisrael. You have to be like Rachel Belaya. What were Rachel Belaya? They were the two who disagreed but got along. Unlike, unlike other wives, other women, other people that we know about. Okay. Okay, so I think that uh, I think that Ruth is the person we have to look to. She's the one who made it into Am Yisrael. She's the one who became part of, part of Am Yisrael. And because of that, 
because of that, the bracha that they gave, that the people gave, that was a kind of a like a change. Before she wasn't that way, and then she became that way. It would change. And that says something about the women who were the women who were the children of Yaakov. Children of Yaakov. So have a good job. It's all the best. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rabbi. All the best. Thank you, Rabbi Brahender. Thank you. Be well. Good night. Thank you, Rabbi. Have a Shabbat Shalom and a foolish lame. All the best.